What's up, everybody? This is Jerry Ferrara, and you are listening to the Oh Yeah, Oh Yeah podcast. Wow, he making out in public? That's something I never thought I'd see. I think I know that broad. Really? Yo, E, what's up? Hey, what's up? Hey, Tara. Oh, hey, Johnny. How are you? Good. How you doing? Good. You guys know each other? Oh, yeah. How do you know each other? Calm down, E. I can't calm down. When were you with her? When were you? Last week. Huh. I beat you by four months. I'm sick. Welcome back, everybody, to Oh Yeah, Oh Yeah, the Entourage Podcast. I'm your host, J.R. Hickey, coming to you from Palm Springs, California. Baby bros, apologies on the delay for this week's episode. It's only about 12 hours late. Eh, 15. Realistically, what happened was I had a, I had some contractors here. We were building a closet in my bedroom, and uh, a one-day project ended up taking over two, two and a half days. So there was just a ton of background noise, and uh, just wouldn't have made for a very enjoyable audio experience. So appreciate everyone's flexibility here. Uh, and of course, this week's guest I mentioned last week is very special to me because she is my wife. I had her on at the beginning of season five, and that was deep in the pandemic when we didn't know where we were living and I didn't have my audio recording set up back then, but people seemed to like her. And I really liked having her on because she peripherally has to watch all these Entourage episodes with me. And I mentioned this up top, but she grew up in Orange County, went to school in L.A., worked for Sony Pictures for four years. So she definitely knows the scene and the vibe of Entourage and watched it uh, as she was growing up. So it was super fun to have her on. We talked about this week's episode, Stared Straight, episode 11, season six. Uh, We're a week out from the end of the year, and we have a super special episode next week. Uh, I won't. You know, I will spoil it. I had our good friends Kyle Banduho and Mike Tamerlindo on to talk about the season six finale, Div a Little Bit, universally regarded as a very, very, if not one of the best episodes of Entourage. We had a little holiday party. We got toasty. We had some drinks, some cocktails, and just threw the mics on and talked about the episode. That episode might be double the length of this week's episode, so... Buckle up, enjoy that, um, and enjoy this one, though. This was this one was super fun. I'm sorry, Dan, that it's late. Follow the podcast at OEAPod on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. And thank you all for listening. I'll talk to you next Monday. We had this guest on Back in the Beginning of Season 5 for Unlike a Virgin. She's our first returning female guest. She grew up in Orange County, went to college in L.A., and worked for a movie studio for four years. She also happens to be my first wife. Mrs. JR, a.k.a. Allie, welcome back to the Entourage podcast. I am so excited to be here. Allie, you were one of the people that, well, the listeners do know that I took two years off, but you were one of the people, you were the biggest supporter of me bringing this back. Now that it's back, how does it feel to have both the Entourage podcast and the show Entourage back in our marriage? It's like it never left. I mean, I have to watch the show like every every other day, and sometimes I have to watch each episode three or four times. Hasn't it gotten a little annoying? I just leave. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. No, no, because I, I I like the show too, so I'll come in and watch it with you, which yeah. is fun. And yeah, I, I I think it's great to have it back in the house. So uh, to all the listeners who are who want to thank somebody, thank my wife for bringing this podcast back because I was 
pretty resistant and she was the most encouraging. So thank you for both encouraging me to bring this back and for agreeing to do this episode, episode 11 of season six, Scared Straight. Of course, the fans wanted you to do it. I wanted you to do it. I think it is so fun and just hearing about the people that have listened to this from around the world is so cool. And, you know, I know that means a lot to you to do this for your fans. So and the Entourage fans. So here we are. Let's get it going. It means a lot to my ego is what you're saying. <laughs> Fan ego. Yes. <laughs> so we are doing, I just mentioned, episode 11 of season six, Stared Straight. Its original air date was September 27th, 2009. Didn't prepare you for this question. Let's see how good you are off the cuff. But where were you in life? September of 09. Just think. Oh my God. In a horrible spot. I was living in LA, dating a horrible guy. I don't even, oh, yeah, it was not a good time. Were you working at Sony then? 2009. I think I had just left and I started my advertising career and I was working for, no, you know what? I was in a good place career-wise because I was doing really well and I just started uh, working in the better part of advertising. Gotcha. And... But I was dating like a horrible guy, but I was I was meeting a lot of different people. And so I think it was like your typical mid-20s living in L.A., like, what am I doing? Where am I going? Yeah. Kind of moment in life. Just like Vinny and E and drama in this episode. Yeah. But, you know, it's funny. And when you look back on it retrospectively, like every guy you dated before me was a pretty horrible guy. <laughs> Nobody can see my face, and we'll just leave it at that. <laughs> um, on this date, this isn't important. I like to do this little time time capsule for all of our guests. I try to find an event that uh, that pertains to our guests. And on this very Sunday, September 27th, after just one month of dating, Chloe Kardashian and Los Angeles Lakers forward Lamar Odom got married. The ceremony was Sunday afternoon. It was held in the L.A. mansion of the Kardashian family friend and music manager Irving Azoff. Kardashian's immediate family members, mom Kris Jenner, stepfather Bruce Jenner, sisters Kim, Courtney, and brother Robert were among the 200 guests who received cupcakes in purple and yellow Lakers covers, colors as favors. Some other... Famous people that were in attendance, Ron Artest, Ryan Seacrest, Telly Osborne, reality star Brittany Dastineau, and TV personality Lala Vasquez. Odom went on to say, Chloe is smart and beautiful, and that is very hard to find. Odom had recently signed a four-year, $33 million contract with the Lakers, and they went on to live happily ever after, didn't they, Allie? As all Kardashians <laughs> do. <laughs> Surely nothing bad happened to either of these people or this marriage in the subsequent 13 years. So yeah, had to do that. My, my wife's a big Kardashians fan. Can't falter. They are a, a dominant force out here. Hey, when you love fashion and travel and that's what they do. Don't judge me. <laughs> yeah, don't. And a little bit more sadder news, but you know, more grounded in reality. Just a week prior on September 20th, actor Patrick Swayze died after a 20-month battle with pancreatic cancer. He was only 57 years old. Swayze obviously was best known for starring in the blockbuster films Dirty Dancing, Ghost, Point Break, Roadhouse. Sadly, was diagnosed with cancer in, in January of 2008. So we're talking uh, over a year and a half later. He outlived that cancer prognosis of just several months by over a year. So great that he outlived it, but obviously super sad that we lost such a legend. I mean, Swayze, if you're a woman and you do not like Dirty Dancing and Patrick Swayze, something's wrong. And the sequel, no Swayze, no Wazy. I'm <laughs> copying what a, a comedian Matt Fulcheron has said in one of his stand-up bits. Our two-year-old puppy is feeling neglected right now, so we've relocated <laughs> her to right next to us. So if there's any whining, 
or scratching that isn't Allie or myself. Quick recap of this week's episode of Entourage for those who might not have seen it in some time. Eric is distressed to learn that he and Drama shared a conquest and even more upset when he finds out that she's quote-unquote slutty and he didn't wear a condom. He gets tested for an STD. Ari continues to go through Lloyd's replacements and is surprised by a visit from Terrence McEwitt, who gives him 24 hours to consider buying his agency TMA. As Jamie packs for her New Zealand gig, she wonders how she and Turtle can make a long-distance relationship work, especially after she gets jealous of his new co-ed Facebook friend. Turtle is stunned when she breaks it off with him at the airport, insisting she doesn't want him to resent not being able to see other people. Drama has a meltdown at the new Melrose audition and ends up in the hospital. Even though Lloyd gets him a do-over audition, Drama passes, insisting he needs to reevaluate his choices after the scare. Ari tries to get dirt on Terrence from his trophy wife, Melinda, who reveals that they're divorcing. Information that allows Ari to drive Terrence's price down to $75 million. Eric gets a clean bill of health and announces that he wants Sloan back. First question, Allie, have you ever had an STD scare? Oh my gosh, no. (laughs) Heck no. I was such a prude growing up. I was terrified of STDs. I did not sleep with someone who wasn't my boyfriend or in a relationship. I mean, I was... I was a good girl until I met you. <laughs> <laughs> well, for a lot of listeners, I think they know this from the last time you were on the podcast, but we met in Las Vegas at 2 o'clock in the morning. And I still didn't put out then. All right. For the record, there, no, nothing, nothing inappropriate took place that evening. And uh, we did long distance. We did long distance for six months from Chicago to San Francisco. I thought there's a lot of parallels in this episode. Jamie and Turtle. Jamie's going away. They're trying to start a long distance relationship. Both Allie and I kind of experienced some of these hurdles that we went through. Like, for example, we never became Facebook friends for this exact reason. And that was my, I mean, I wouldn't say my decision, but I was so hell-bent on that when we first met because I think social media and Facebook was just such a racket and was such a mess back then. And back to that previous person that I said I was dating that was horrible, like he had made so many suggestions and stories up based off of my Facebook profile and it was so stressful and I just not he had created so much drama yeah yeah. and I didn't want to I didn't want that to happen with you and I and I was like there's no reason we talked like every other day if not every day when we were apart Mm -hmm. and we got to know each other on the phone before in person really which was well after sucking face in Vegas (laughs) but uh it was yeah I I was anti the Facebook thing and I think it worked out really really well for us and the day we became Facebook friends was the day I moved to California. Yes. And that was almost 10 years ago now. Yeah. Wow. Time flies. Allie, what was your favorite moment from this week's episode of Entourage? I don't know if it was favorite, but something that I can, I totally remember and stands out to me is when Ari was talking to Terrence about ma- negotiating to make the yeah. deal yeah. and talking about their wives and divorce. And <laughs> Ari's basically like, I would kill my wife before we divorce. And <laughs> you turned to me and said, that would be you. And I completely agreed yep. like that. Yep. So that, that, that would be me. Ari storms into TMA, confronts Terrence during a conference room meeting. Yeah. Kicks, Terrence, Terrence evacuates the conference room and basically Ari's like, I have all, I have the upper hand now. You are getting a divorce. Have you, and he do, says, have you ever heard of a fucking prenup? And Terrence goes, oh, you have one? And Ari goes, I'd kill my wife before I got a divorce. And that does remind me of you in, in ways, in way, in more ways than one, in, in a loving, passionate way. I, loving, <laughs> passionate. I am cutthroat, but you cross me and it's over. Yeah, don't ever cross my wife. Uh, no, great scene. I, I, I love the back and forth between... Uh, 
uh, Malcolm McDowell and Jeremy Piven because that's just two. At one point, both of these guys were at the top of the acting world. So those two in a room together is always made for some of the best interactions in Entourage. So some of my favorite stuff. What's the meaning of this? It means that I'm amazed that it's taken you this long. But once again, you have let a vagina get you into trouble. What are you talking about, Ari? I think you know. You and I have always understood each other without saying too much. That's why we were so good together. But you fucked me, and now you fucked someone else, and now I'm gonna fuck you. I don't know what you think you know. Well, I know you got busted again, and I know you don't want to sell this company in the middle of an ugly divorce, especially with Melinda. She's tough. Melinda and I are great, thank you. How are you and Kelsey? Stupid bitch told you. Have you ever heard of a fucking prenup? Oh, you have one? I'd kill my wife before I got a divorce. And I tell you something, this is my first marriage, not my fourth. Mine does have a lot to do with that. This is kind of a tough episode, and maybe I had you on because it's a tough episode, but maybe I had you on because I thought there were a lot of parallels and interesting stories we could glean from it. I think just already going on this like one-man mission to find out why Terrence suddenly wants to sell them because it does come out of nowhere. We haven't heard from Terrence in over two seasons. We heard from Adam Davies two season two episodes ago when he basically steals Lloyd from Ari. But just this whole like, oh, I suddenly need to sell to you. And I need to make it quick. I need to keep it under the table, and I want to sell to you. And Ari just immediately being suspicious and like calling a private investigator. Going and meeting up with Terrence's wife, but it's great. It's just it's what makes Ari so good at his job. And it kind of reminds me of me. I mean, I <laughs> not that I'm suspicious, but I will do everything in my power to find out something Get if I answers. want to find out. Yes, I want the will. answer. I want the best deal. Like you tell me. So I almost felt like I was watching myself on screen. <laughs> that's a, that's pretty good. What? <laughs> now I don't know if you know the definition of bros being bros as how, to how it pertains to this podcast because correct me do you listen to this podcast are you a listener of oh yeah oh yeah i have listened a few times yes <laughs> in the car when i've made you <laughs> <laughs> but bros being bros every week is a category where we talk about like moments of just authentic male friendship like something that you see on screen read oh me and my guy friends do that so you're not a guy you you have some guy friends but like anything jump out at you from this episode as a bros being bros i can start if you want let's have you start you start so there's, there's a pretty long one at the end when, you know, Drama's had his little episode, his near heart attack, and then they're in the hospital. And even though his best friend is, like, on a hospital bed and just had this huge stare, E doesn't give a fuck. And E is just like, maybe you should think about who you bang because I might have something. And Drama's like, I'm dying over here. And he's like, you're worried about you. And he's like, all right, sorry. And then Drama throws in, like, a... Have you been itching at all? And they, it's it's so funny. Like guys are so single-handedly like, sorry, they're so single-minded when it comes to themselves. Like, Ali, if one of your best friends was in the hospital, all you would care about is making your girlfriend feel better. If one of my best friends is in the hospital, I would somehow relate it back to me and be like, what did you do that so that I can avoid doing this? Does that make sense? Yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> I just don't know if that's bros being bros or just egos coming into play, but I guess that's a bro being yeah. a bro. Yeah. When I get out of here, I'm gonna change everything about my life. What I eat, what I drink. Who you bang? I know I'm gonna change that. Yeah, let's hope I can still bang after this. You're gonna be fine, John. Drama, what did Tara give you? You never said. I'm dying over here and you're worried about you? Sorry. Do you itch at all? No. It's okay if you don't have something for this category. You're kind of making looking at me like I don't know what to say. I mean, there's... I think you're right, though. There's a bros being bros, and but then there's, like, the, the girls 
supporting their girls and it's a totally different because you've got the like nurture yeah. vibe from the women where the guys are just like I think it isn't it's also that you're very men are very singular minded men don't need everything propped up by emotion and and, and romantic language essentially and I like, think that's what I'm saying like the nurture part like women just want to make sure everyone's feeling good they're comfortable they're happy they're romantic light on their feet like whatever it is mm-hmm. they just want that that nurturing feeling to make sure everything's okay where guys like you said just so selfish single singular minded looking out for themselves again and i think that's just where male ego really boasts more than females in the first scene of this episode drama vince and turtle walked into villa a nightclub in la and turtles basically gets a phone call from jamie and he's like i'm gonna go and vince is like oh dude come on and he goes it's her last night vince it's her last night and drama just like taps him on the back and is like no tears pussy and like sends him out the door that's bros being bros that's like how men tell each other to be strong without actually saying like you can do this we we support you we love you he's just like no tears pussy don't fucking cry about it we'll be here when you get back yeah. and that's why i love it and that's why i love the show and that's why i think a lot of people around the world resonate with this show so much so that's bros being bros for me as well i'll be honest i wish i could be like that most of the time but it's very much like oh i totally get it go be with your boyfriend before he leaves you for six months but like hello he's leaving you for six months what the hell <laughs> I have no idea what I'm doing out of the house right now. You can have one drink, Johnny. Relax. Yeah, well, better make it a fast one. I need my beauty sleep tomorrow. Oh, come on. You need to start sleeping years ago if you're going to have any shot at being beautiful, Drama. Why can't you ever just be supportive? Sorry, I'm just being funny. Yeah, well, you're not. Tomorrow's audition is the most important of my life. I apologize. I don't accept. He's sad Jamie's leaving, Johnny. Yeah, well, why isn't he with her instead of here refusing me? Because she's at a meet and greet with her new castmates, and I'm going to go sleep there later. Well, laddie does. That's Jamie. She's done early. I'm out. Shut up. It's her last night, man. Okay, okay. No tears, pussy. <laughs> Later. 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 What was your hey, least favorite moment from this week's episode? Ugh. Back to social media. Like the whole delete, yeah. uh, well, you know, delete the co-ed or whatever when Jamie was getting all insecure. And especially the way that the episode turned out. Like, yeah. She was planning on breaking up with him the whole time. Anyway. And yeah. like, you know, so it's just stupid. But also, again, like. Trust in your relationship and the person you're with. Don't look at outside sources to inform who you are and what your relationship is. I can't stand that. It drives me nuts. Jamie, please, this is hard enough already. Can you please just trust me and forget about it? I know I'm forgetting something. Jamie, you have everything. I looked under the bed. I opened every drawer. I just want to make sure you and I are okay. Then delete her. Delete her? Yeah. Take her off your friends list. Done. You feel better? Not really. Jamie, come on. Do you want me to go? No, I don't want you to go. This is going to be a great opportunity. It's going to be amazing for you. I'm really going to miss you. Baby, no, don't cry. I'm going to be waiting right here for you when you get back. Yeah, I think the whole plot of Jamie and Turtle falling apart is not my favorite, only because... I loved them so much as a couple, and as we know, and as Jerry told us a couple weeks ago, like, he was really dating Jamie in real life, so I don't know why it had to end that way. I'm sure it was just because she had a one-year desk spot contract with HBO, and they needed to reset things next season, but I think the, it's a very little moment, but it's at the end when Turtle has been, you know, dumped or broken up with, and he's back at the house. Drama's giving him a shoulder massage, and... Turtle's saying, like, maybe she was testing me. Maybe she wanted me to go with her. And Drama goes, she wasn't testing you. Just just embrace your singledom, and now you need to start worrying about yourself. And Turtle says something that I think is 
for lack of a better word, pretty pathetic. He says, I have no self. I don't even know who I am without Jamie. And it's like, dude, you're 30 years old. I know you've been kind of Vince's guy this whole time and you're in business school now. And now you're going to really be that pathetic? Like you really don't know who you are without Jamie? That is the sign of a codependent relation, uh, relationship, but too codependent in my opinion. John, so, what would you do without me? <laughs> I would probably go on and continue to do this fucking podcast. Is what I would, <laughs> just to just keep on trucking for all those listeners. I love you there. too. <laughs> Drama literally says to that line, I'm going to puke. Like it's just, <laughs> we've all been there as men. And I know you're not a man, but like we've all been heartbroken so much, kicked in the stomach that like you're, you're down in a ball and you're rocking back and forth and you're like, what do I do? Who do I have from here on out? But like, just sucks to see Turtle that way, especially given that like next season he's a tequila mogul, and the season after that he's just like a multi multi millionaire businessman. So it's you know, but it's always darkest for the dawn for our boy Turtle. It just doesn't add up. The world's a crazy place. You gotta search for what it's telling you. Did you get off me? Sorry. She's just freaked is all. Give her some time to settle in. She'll call. Yo. Yo, Itchy, what's up? Like you, Drama, I still have a disease-free track record. Hey, congratulations, E. Yeah, still not really what I would call a good day. Wanna hear about the worst day? Jamie broke it off. What? She didn't break it off. She told me to see other people. I say you embrace it. Yeah, don't do it, Turtle. Los Angeles is a cesspool. I screwed up. I wasn't strong enough. She was testing me and I failed. Don't beat yourself up. No, really, I should have stopped her. All day long she was saying she didn't want to go. If she didn't want to, she wouldn't have. Now you gotta start thinking about yourself. I have no self. I don't even know who I am without Jamie. I'm gonna puke. Okay. What was the most entourage moment of this week's episode? Do you know what that means? No, t- lay it on me. Tell me. So the most entourage moment means whatever you think encapsulates, you know, that's one of my favorite words, encapsulates entourage the best. And that can kind of mean whatever that means for you. Like, whenever you think of entourage, what do you think of? And I have my own definition of it, and all of our guests have different definitions of it. So what do you think was, like, the most entourage moment of this episode? Probably at the tail at the end of that scene, we, last scene we were just talking about when Benny's like, I'm leaving too and yeah. for four months. Like, need to go out. And yeah. drama's like, I'll help you get some pussy, bro. And, <laughs> and, it's and like, then fist bumps him. Like, like, literally yeah. sticks his fist out. Like, that's uh, that's pretty good. And then it ends on a song. <laughs> like, yes. Like, it's, it, just... it's, it's, it's good. Yeah. Most most entourage moments happen either at the very beginning or the very end of episodes. So that's very true. The idea of fist bumping your, your blood brother over going out and like getting laid is very strange to me because I have three brothers who are your brother-in-laws and just that I interaction would never happen between the three of us. Yeah. It's so strange. We need to go out and have some fun. Find some nice clean girls. Not me. I'm done. He's going to sell it. No, I'm going to get slung back. All right. You, you had a little scare. No, it's not about that. All right. I hate dating. I want to be in a relationship. I want to be in a relationship with Slump. E, she said she didn't want you. Well, tough shit. She's going to have to take me. <laughs> UCLA girl wants to know why we're not friends anymore. You going to call her? Nope. <sighs> call Jamie. She just left. I'll leave her a message. <laughs> All right, guys, I'm leaving in a week, too, you know, for four months. I'd like to have a little fun. I'm free to chase puss with you, bro. Come on. I'd say mine's the very opening scene. It's Turtle Drum and Vince pulling up in the Escalade outside of Villa and, you know, parking right out front. Vince fist bumps the yeah. uh, the bouncer. They walk right in and they're, they're kind of yell talking because they're in a, obviously in a nightclub and they're just arguing about bullshit. Drama's like, what am I even doing out this late? This is better be a fast run. I have a big audition in the morning and 
Vince is like, Johnny, relax. It's going to be one drink, relax. Just that idea of like, these guys, this is what they do. It just felt very entourage. It felt like it could be in any episode of Entourage. Yeah. Them having a superfluous argument about an audition that drama is about to go on as they walked into a swanky nightclub and just the fucking red, red carpet is rolled out for them. It's like when I go to a club. <laughs> Still. <laughs> Uh, have you been to Villa in LA? I've been to ask you. This. I haven't been to Villa. I, I frequented Boulevard Three in my day. If okay. anybody out there knows uh, what that is, but that was my favorite spot for quite a while. But didn't do Villa. And I don't know if we mentioned this last time, but there's a there is an age difference between my wife and I. She is older than me. I'm not going to say how much older, but every time she tells these stories, I think if you were doing that then, if you were frequenting that nightclub then I might have still been in high school <laughs> just like not even like you know probably had a curfew or was like asking my parents for my car for the car or something like that what was your favorite quote from this week's episode of Entourage there's a few good ones I think not favorite but just ridiculous is Ari's just always ridiculous in everything he says all of his little sayings or ways to just like get at people and saying to Terrence I think at one point when um, they were talking about the deal he just Terrence is like, oh, if you change your mind, you know where I am. And Ari just comes in, oh, well, yeah, clubbing baby seal somewhere. Like, who says that? Like, he's just ridiculous. And I just remember him saying that. Yeah. Earlier in that scene, there's another good Ari line where Terrence walks in. He's like, I have some business I'd like to discuss. And Ari, he, like, Piven's literally holding back a smile because he's having so much fun with the, the delivery of the line. But he says business and stuff at your age shouldn't you have more important concerns like finding an assisted living facility <laughs> just you can hear how much he relishes saying to who used to be his old boss for 15 years you're an old fuck and i'm so much more powerful than you now and i love that dynamic between not only the actors but piven and, the- and i loved his slight smirk when he said that i yeah. do remember that too yep running a little late ari jesus terrence what the hell are you doing here perhaps it's budgetary cuts uh- there was no one minding your desk. Well, perhaps I should have security escort you out the way yours did me. I suppose you could do that. What do you want? I have some business I'd like to discuss. At your age, shouldn't you have more important concerns, like finding an assisted living facility? <laughs> Listen, I got to tell you, Ari, this place, I mean, it's amazing. I can't believe how quickly you've gotten back on your feet. I'm more than back on my feet. I'm towering over you. Ah. Uh... Still the same snippy little boy. Terrence, if you have business to discuss, start discussing. Because I'm busy with my own business. Uh, Obviously, I need this to be discreet. Well, you want a merger? Your star pupil walks out on you. I want you to buy me out. Why would I want to? Well, obviously, that's up to you to decide. I'm putting it out there to you first before I'm offering it to anyone else. Why am I so fortunate? I just want a simple deal, minimum hassles. Now, if you're interested, we could go there. If not, then all right, so be it. Well then, I'll go. How much? A (laughs) hundred. Come on. I know your business inside and out. That's ridiculous. I don't think it is. Our back end on Seinfeld and Friends alone keep you in green for decades. You just think about it. I just did. Well, if you change your mind, you know where I am. Clubbing baby seals somewhere? You've got 24 hours. And then this is, again, this is after, this is after the download at the diner. You know, E finds out that Drama and him have been with the same girl. 
They have their little like, well, when were you with her? I was with her four months ago, blah, blah, blah. And then they find out that uh, E may or may not have worn a condom. So as they're walking and talking out of the uh, diner, E goes, she told me she, she was on the pill. I'd have to go home. I'd have to take a shower. And John goes, well, I'd pick up some Clorox if I was you. And E starts to freak out. He first thing I do when I wake up, I'm calling my doctor. And John goes, it looks like we both need a little Irish luck tomorrow, which is a total TV written line. Like nobody would say that, but it's just funny. It's a funny walk and talk. And like, I love the interaction. I love the fact that, like, the night before drama's big audition, they're out having late-night pancakes and talking about E not using the condoms. Just funny. And there's drama again, always coming in with, like, either the positivity or, like, that little line that comes in. E, I've had most of this town, so it was bound to happen that our trees would dabble in the same forest at some point. I mean, I figured it would happen with Vince at some point, not you. Hey, we're still young. God, I'm nauseous. Now you insult her, Yeah, and lighten up. Four months was a long time ago. This girl wasn't for you anyway. Why not? She's real slut. That's <laughs> well. What do you mean she's real slut? She might have given me something. Shut up. I can't be sure. I was on a real hot streak when it happened. But she was the prime suspect. You joking? Relaxy, you'll be fine. Yeah, you covered up, right? Yeah. Did you? I said yeah. You were. Uh, Twitched. The classic no condom tell. You didn't wear a bag? I didn't have one. She told me she was on the pill. Oh, oh. ye rookie mistake. I gotta go home and take a shower. I'd pick up some Clorox if I was you. Tomorrow morning, I'm waking up and I'm calling my doctor first thing. Yeah, it looks like we both need a little Irish luck tomorrow. Every week we talk about our favorite song in this week's episode. There are a couple of good songs in this one. Um, I'd say two or three jump out at me. That was a weird sound I just made with my mouth. Two or three jump out at me. There's one pretty significant one that I think we both liked. It's when Ari's walking into the Terrence McEwitt agency. Oh, yeah. It's Me, Bitches. It's Me, Bitches by Swiss Beats. Swiss Beats' album, One Man, Band Man, that this is off of in 2007, was a heavy rotation in my 1991 Toyota 4Runner with its 12-inch subwoofers and ridiculous light-up trunk lights. Which I hear about all the time. <laughs> the stories of this gold Toyota 4Runner and the music he played, the ladies in the car... Yeah, right. <laughs> it's me, bitches. All right, where's Terrence? Conference room. I think where we is in reality. I'm sorry. Are you guys busy? Two more songs. There's a scene when it's like the beginning of like Jamie packing. She's saying that I'm going to put the new Empire of the Sun album on your computer, Turtle. And that's when she discovers that the UCLA co-ed has Facebook friend requested Turtle. Uh, so the song We Are the People by Empire of the Sun is playing. Empire of the Sun's awesome. And this is like the, this is the peak of them. We saw them at Coachella like early on. We saw them in like 2014 at Coachella. And I saw them during this time at the Henry Fonda Theater in LA. And I loved like back then. I mean, yeah, they're still great, but loved them. So this resonated. I was like, oh, God, this album was so good. It's, that, it's like that high-energy dance music yeah. that we love. Yeah. And then the closing credit song, which is always a good one. Shout out Scott Venner, the music producer who, who picks all these songs. It's Ladies by Lee Fields and the Expressions. Just very ironic that, like, Turtle's been dumped. E's had an STD scare. And then we're going to play the song Ladies at the end of it. And, you know, E's swearing off ladies and wants to go back to Sloan. So I'll add all three of those songs to the Oh Yeah, Oh Yeah Music playlist, which is a Spotify playlist so you guys can all access. It's in the show notes 
of today's episode. I didn't know about this Spotify you didn't know playlist. About- I would have been following this a long oh, time ago. Have. Yes, I would have. So every week I put like the mine and the guests' favorite songs on the Spotify playlist. Because there's so many songs in Entourage. Yeah. If I had, there are uh, Spotify playlists out there that have every song in Entourage. And no, like no, no, no. You just want the songs. best ones. Correct. So that's all right. You're, you have a new follower, and I will be a better first wife. <laughs> Did you just I say promise. a new follower? A new follower of the Spotify oh, of the playlist. playlist. I, like, I follow the podcast. I dabble in it, but I don't know how I missed out on the on the Spotify playlist. I'm sorry. So I mentioned our age difference earlier, and I thought it's funny because every week we talked about our favorite and least favorite celebrity cameos, and in this episode, there are two celebrity cameos that are so like indicative of the '90s, and I was like, I have to have my wife on for these because she is a massive. Married with Children fan. Oh my God, David Faustino. Like, I don't care that he was there for three seconds. It was. I was just like, yes, I loved this show. You got no shot drama. Just and just the way he's kind of strutting around. He's he's tiny. He's like much shorter than Tevin Dillon. He's probably five four, and he's like just tested on a new pilot, annihilated it. Just like that, you know that led that bravado that confidence he shows up in one early episode in season one where both he and drama are in a an acting class together and drama skips the acting class to go to a party at Jesta Alba's house and of course he runs into Faustino there and is like aren't you supposed to be in acting class and he's like you too so nice little callback to that friendship uh David Faustino everyone knows him as Bud Bundy on the Fox sitcom Married with Children they did over 400 episodes of that show He's also voiced animated characters for Nickelodeon, including Mako on The Legend of Korra and Helia on Nickelodeon's revival of Winks Club. No fucking idea what that is. But this was interesting, I thought. He developed and starred in a show called Star Ving. Star hyphen V-I-N-G. It was a weekly internet comedy series on Crackle, uh, like a video service that was backed by your old employer, Sony <laughs> Pictures Entertainment. I think actually that like comedians and cars getting coffee started on Crackle. I think that's where it like was That's what I remember, yep. But there was a total of 12 episodes of Starving, and Faustino played an exaggerated version of himself in the series, which he wrote and developed with several friends, and he said they did it as a, quote, anti-entourage. So it's like the opposite of what entourage is. Probably a very realistic and humorous look at fame in Hollywood. And he says that it's a very twisted take on what I'd been through all these years. I mean, he's been working after in Hollywood for 20 years. I remember him doing that, and I don't know why I never checked it out, but we need to do that after this now. Watch it? Yeah, I'd be curious. Why don't I do a, a weekly podcast and break down all 12 of those episodes? Sounds great. Sounds great. <laughs> Let's get those brews on ice. Let's get those brews on ice. Ah, you got no shot, drama. Yo, Faustino, what up? Nada. Just testing on a new pilot annihilated it nice nice yeah what about you what are you doing testing for the new melrose didn't they throw you off that thing once yeah well it's a new day badass yeah so how you feeling about it confident i got this down cold hey johnny hey phil rocket man later bro and then uh drama's you know his his meltdown audition is interrupted by a very prominent 90s actor what is your relationship with Dean Cain, Light Alley? I was not a huge wow. fan. Like I was, I was a Batman girl. So Lois and Clark back in the '90s, it just wasn't a show that I I watched a lot. I do remember watching it at times, but I, I just wasn't like, oh, Dean Cain. Like, wasn't he in Melrose Place or something at one point? Or no? Maybe, maybe I'm just thinking that because of him auditioning yeah, for I think the he's, role. I think he's auditioning for the new Melrose yeah, Place. I don't was. think he was ever on Melrose but Place. He, he's always been like kind of like that pretty boy. Yep. And I just was never really into the pretty boys. I was 
a shocker into the bad boys. So it was just never like a character or like a heartthrob that I was into. And the show just didn't really grab me. It only ran for four years. Yeah. I remember it though. I was, I yeah. was, you know, I was in, I was like eight or nine years old, but from 93 to 97, he played Clark Kent slash Superman in the TV series, Lois and Clark, the new adventures of Superman opposite Terry Hatcher, rocket ship at the time before her desperate housewives appearance he also was the host of ripley's believe it or not for like eight seasons that's probably where he made his real money is like in that like syndicated rerun ripley's money but some interesting facts about dean tame because i was kind of just like what was this guy's deal back then he went to santa monica high school and played baseball with charlie sheen as well as was childhood friends with rob lowe and rob lowe's brother chad chad lowe he graduated high school in 1984, attended Princeton, where he starred as a free safety on the football team. He set a Princeton season record with 12 interceptions in just 10 games during the 87 season. In college, he dated Brooke Shields for two years. How wild is that? He was, he was already killing it. I feel it. like he peaked in his college <laughs> years. Like, wow. Sorry, Dean, if you're listening. Wow. But then after graduating college, he signed on as a free agent with the NFL's Buffalo Bills. No but way. a knee injury during training camp ended his football career prematurely, and he decided to become an actor. Also in 1992, I thought this would be interesting since you played volleyball. He dated professional beach volleyball player and model Gabriel Reese. Do you know her, Gabrielle Reese? Gabrielle. Gabrielle Reese. Come on. Yes, absolutely. No, and I knew that. I remembered that. They were definitely... Early 90s is when I started playing volleyball, so I was all about knowing that. Okay, let's do it. Two seconds. Here we go. All right, gentlemen, let's do this. Oh, I'm sorry. I guess I'm here early. Nobody was... That's okay, Dean. We're just running a little bit behind, and we'll be about five minutes. All right, uh, so I'll just wait outside. Hey, drama. Dean. Good luck, man. Sorry. Okay, here we go. He's testing, too. I thought it was just me. Don't worry about Dean, John. <sighs> Fucking Superman. Hey, you're going to do great. It's your job to lose. Okay, let's do it. God, I haven't auditioned in like three years. Do you guys mind if I just step out for a second? We're kind of on a tight schedule. I'll be right back. Hey, John. That's a meltdown. Uh-huh. Okay, Allie, every week we talk about the best perk. This is kind of a newer category. It's like just something cool that they have, whether it's a car or like VIP access. I just like them strolling into the club to be considered that. Uh, this might not be applicable for this episode, but there, there was one thing that I thought we both found. We both were laughing. When Drama's having his little, like, <laughs> it's not little. Drama's literally like, Vince, I think I peed myself and is having worse than a panic attack. Vince is having reverse cowgirl sets, which I've mentioned is his favorite position, uh, with the nurse from the doctor's office from earlier in the episode. And it's on a giant floating awkward glide bed in the middle of their indoor pool, which is something we haven't seen the indoor pool since season one. Uh, you and I have a pool. We're looking at it right now as we record. Could that bed fit in our pool? No. I don't think so. I don't think so at all. If it did, it wouldn't be moving, which might be. <laughs> <laughs> How much do you think that bed costs? I don't, what? Like, I mean, those things are kind of expensive, right? Like, what, 2000 bucks or something? I looked it up, and that bed today, and I'm assuming it's like the upgraded model. It's not the same one from 2009, but that bed, the Awkward Glide Super Tramp 27. Goes for five thousand four hundred no fucking dollars. No 
way. Way. Wow. That's <laughs> ridiculous. But is it a bed purposely for having sex in a pool? I think it's a bed for lounging in a pool. Okay. I don't know how you can build a bed specifically for sex in a pool unless it's like anchored on all sides. And I mean, because if you notice in that scene, as yeah. they're going at it, it's not really moving. I know, because it maybe it's anchored down. Maybe there's a weight hmm. underneath it or it's tied to the side. Or maybe, like anything, it's television and it's all fake. <laughs> We're just maybe, watching yeah. them on something that isn't I think really a lot good. of splashing would not have yes. made that scene as, as attractive as it was. And I don't think, not to get <laughs> too detailed about sex, but like you need leverage. And when you're in water, you have no leverage because you're essentially weightless. So like... Unless it, it is her doing reverse cowgirl and just bouncing up and down. But there was no movement. That thing was anchored. Yeah. I think it would. 100%. Do we need to buy one and go check it we out should and buy, see how it works? We should recreate it. Okay, for perfect. <laughs> Come on, Johnny. You got to get back in there. Bro, I can't. I think I'm having a heart attack. Just take a deep breath. You know you're only having a panic attack. I've had 100 panic attacks in my life. This isn't a panic attack. Johnny. Bitch. Yes, Johnny. I think I myself. Uh, okay, Johnny, I'm coming to get you. Hurry, bro. I gotta go. So how would this episode of Entourage be different today, plot-wise? Oh, you're asking me this? Yeah. Oh, no, I'm... no, no, I'm asking just the dog. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you're so mean. Um... So I have, I have a theory, and I'd love to know. This, this, let's be honest. This is not a great episode of Entourage. It's a no. lot of negativity. Could you have gotten me on a better episode? <laughs> I mean, this is tough. Sorry, everybody. It's tough. No, it's... it's a, the, the main plot of this episode is like, E thinks he has an STD, and Terrence wants to sell his agency to R. Those are kind of the two main big plot points. So I don't know. This isn't super well thought out, but this in 2022, if this episode happens, it wouldn't be as straightforward as like, E thinks a girl gave him something. Mm -hmm. In 2022, that subplot has so much more firepower because of sexual empowerment and gender fluidity and the introduction of more gay slash trans characters. I don't know exactly what it is, but it's certainly not, bro, you didn't wear a condom? Like, oh, we better get checked out. That's a very, like, early 2000s way to handle sex. Now, I don't want to sit here and write, like, a 2022 episode of Entourage, but if it was something, it would be something like, in my opinion, oh... That chick you just slept with, turns out she used to not be a chick. And turns out there's all these complications because of that. And like, again, it would have to be handled very, very delicately. Whereas with Entourage, there's no way they could have handled a, 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 a sensitive subplot like that. Because they would have been trying to make fun of it the whole time. And you can't make fun of anything about any of this in these days. So again, that's not like a clear answer. But I just think this whole subplot of like an STD would be dealt with with much more like thought than just like, oh, you didn't have a con you didn't wear a condom, we better all get tested, that type of thing. Yeah, well and I would I would think it would even be the reverse in the nineties. It would be, oh, what did that guy give you? But that I think that's just also the way that I was brought up and how I thought of sex and relationships. Yeah, but also this is a show starring all males and like Yeah, so about, that makes yeah, sense. Yeah, yeah the reverse straight of that. White males. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah. Again this isn't supposed to be hot take to cancel culture. I just don't think that same subplot would have made a lot of sense or like held as much water. And then in terms of everything else, like Terrence's agency needing to be bought by Ari. Like at this point, they both would have been bought by like Disney or something like that. Like they all would have been under one umbrella or like William Morris, I think is still one of the biggest agencies in Los Angeles. Like at this point, they would have all been just swallowed up by like the mothership. Yeah, I would agree with that. Faces in the crowd. Every week we talked about someone in the background of an episode who has maybe just like a bitter career. Just maybe someone who like 
is recognizable. And, and, and for me, it's, it's Eddie Kapowski, the private investigator that uh, Ari calls. Kapowski here. It's Ari, I got a gig for you. Talk to me. I need you to find every piece of current information on Terrence McEwick. Sorry, Ari, no can do, I got a conflict. What kind of conflict? Can't say. Doesn't involve me? What do you mean? Is that son of a bitch looking at me for some reason? Ari. Are you? Ari. Would you do that? No, I wouldn't. How would I know if you're lying to me? You wouldn't, but I'm not. Where are you? I'm not wherever you are, so relax. Eddie, I have given you tons of business over the years. I want one answer. Has Terrence McEwick hired you to look at me? No, Ari, Terrence hasn't hired me to do anything, but that's all I can tell you, all right? I'm sorry. He's played by William Forsythe, who is one of those character actors that has just been killing it for 20, 30 years. He's from Brooklyn, New York. He's best known for portraying, like, tough guy criminal roles. He's been in Raising Arizona, Dick Tracy, The Gotti Movie, The Rock, The Devil's Rejects. He had reoccurring characters on Boardwalk Empire and Justified, two incredible crime gritty shows from 2010. Just one of those guys. It's only the second time we ever see him. Now, the first time we did was back in season four, The Day Fuckers. I actually recorded that one in person with uh, GTU. Uh, he's not now at GTU, but at the time he was at Complex, uh, editor Fraser Tharp. I brought all this recording equipment to me to New York City, and we went and we talked about the day fuckers. Regardless, William Forsythe, this character, Eddie Kapowski, I wish Ari had utilized him more. I wish we could have seen him and Ari, like, going on a stakeout. Or, like, Ari just, like, you know, just once a season calling in Kapowski from the bullpen to just, like, get some dirt on somebody. The fact that it was only twice in 98 episodes is just funny to like, me. Like, who do you want him to get dirt on? Just, I mean, Ari has a beef with somebody every three episodes. Ari's trying to win a client, did an angle. Like, Ari's Ari Gold's super agent. So, like, he could really use a private investigator in his corner more. I think the beauty of what Ari and Piven do with the performance is that like he just goes and does it himself. He's yeah. like, I'm going to find out for myself. But in this episode, he needed to call his, but his buddy Kapowski. So yeah, I love see, that. I don't need a Kapowski. I got me. I'm Ari. <laughs> yeah, you're Allie. You're, uh, Allie and Ari actually sound very similar. Every episode, we talked about our Sits Man Award winner. Do you know what the Sits Man Award is? I do. This is because um, the Entourage crew is of five guys. So it's whoever like the sixth person is of that crew. It's like the next person that shows up or you think should be part of this crew or I it's, don't know. It's a very, 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 like that is a very well thought theory and it's close, but the six man award in basketball is the oh. player <laughs> is the player who comes off the bench yeah, yeah. and makes the biggest impact. Like our, uh, one of our favorite Golden State Warriors players, Sean Livingston won the six man award two years ago. He was not a starter for those teams, but he would come off the bench and just like put up 12 points and eight rebounds in like very limited uh, playing time. So I always set this up as who comes off the bench in this episode and just lights it up in their very limited screen time. I think there are two really good uh, candidates for this. I think um, uh, Melinda Clark, the OC mom. Yeah. Uh, I think she comes in and I love that she's totally blindsided about the about Terrence selling the company and she just drives off just being like, fuck that guy. In that sit car, Ari, Ari just like being like, I think I should go with the wife and see what's going on there. Like... She, she keeps it cool. She keeps her cards closed. She's just kind of like, oh, really? He talked to you. Oh, really? He wants to buy out. Oh, really? And then when she gets in the cars, when she finally like kind of exposes herself, she's like, revisionist history. You chose your wife over me because you couldn't get me. And I was a more talented one. And you know what? It wasn't until right now that I found out that he was selling it. You know what? 
If you want any more answers, I'm not on the inside. Looked up a 25-year-old D-cup named Kelsey to help you out. I'm late for my pole dancing class. So hot. I love older women. (laughs) (laughs) By the way, I just have to go back to revisionist history. It's one of your favorite sayings. (laughs) John has many favorite sayings, many words that he likes to say. I... Uh, what, uh, encapsulated. Encapsulate. You already said it <laughs> earlier. Oh my gosh. Yeah. It's, it's ridiculous. You even used this last night. You said revisionist history <laughs> last night. It's probably because I've watched this episode at some point yesterday. I Maybe. did say this. I did say this in a text message. <laughs> Melinda, my love, how are you? Ari, good. Long time. What are you doing here? I have a meeting TV stuff boring. Funny running into you. I just saw your husband. Really? Yeah. Still not looking quite alive enough to have gotten you. Uh-huh. How was your little reunion? <laughs> well, there's still some bitterness there. I bet. Yeah. So has he uh, said anything about that lately? Anything about what? Anything about our bitterness. Uh, no, Ari, we don't talk about you very often. Oh, come on, Melinda. You used to talk about me very often before you met Terrence. Uh-huh. What is this? What? Did you come here for a reason? Well, yes, I did. Then speak. <sighs> Terrence came to me this morning, as I'm sure you know, because he would like for me to buy him out. I didn't know. Yeah, that's great, but I know you know. I don't know anything, Ari. Melinda, come on. We had a moment of flirtation. I'm sorry if you're bitter also because I chose my wife over you, but I represented your talent pretty well for a long time. (laughs) Revisionist history, Ari. You chose your wife over me because you couldn't get me, and you represented me over her because I had more talent. Line up our resumes. I think most would agree. Melinda. I know how much Terrence trusts you. Now, if you guys want out, I'm in. But I got you your first job, so don't let me be played. Honey, you know you never get played. And all I'll tell you is this. I'm no longer on the inside. Look up a 25-year-old D-cup named Kelsey. Maybe she can help. What do you mean? I mean, my husband is a line scumbag, and I had no idea he was trying to sell until right now. So you hired Eddie Kapowski? I'm late for my pole dancing class, Ari. Uh, my six-man award winner is Scott Kahn as Scotty Lavin. He, he rushes oh, into the office. Yeah. I just had a doctor's appointment. And he goes, Murphy Group. And he walks down the hall. With the fist in the yeah, air. And he goes, what's up, Mama, to uh, Tate Mara. And basically, he's teasing E. He's like, I know that the girl you were with last night has been around He's like, she gets around, Scott? What are you saying? What, have you been with her? And he's like, no, not my style. That girl is like a Petri dish. And he goes on to say, I know that my two buddies double teamed her at a party last week. And Jesus and Eric's like, Jesus. I, I'm totally changing from Melinda to Scott. <laughs> I totally, I don't know why I forgot about this scene, but this was just hilarious, especially because he's like, he was like, oh, you can change her. Like yeah. whatever that line was. Yeah. Oh, hey, you know what? If you like her, you can yeah. change her. Nice boy like you. You can reform a girl like that. He's like yelling it to E as E is running away. He's doing a lot of running in this episode, running he's, to the doctors, running through prancing. the hallways of his own. He's, yeah, he's, he's having a moment. Here are other messages. Also, my friend Ricky called. Hate to get involved, but I think she kind of likes you. Oh, cool. So should I tell her you'd call her? Yeah, I'm going to be taking a break from the dating pool for a while, so. Murphy Group. Hey. What's up, Scott? What's up, Mama? So, um, I heard you had a wild party night at Villa. Oh, yeah? Mm-hmm. Did you hear that? Well, the girl that you were uh, sucking face with, Tara, I know her. Well, some friends of mine actually know her. Well. <laughs> I didn't hear anything. Scott. Yeah. Thanks. What do your friends know about her? Uh, she's not, uh, she's not like your girlfriend. She's not my girlfriend. I don't even know the girl. Well, you know her a little bit. 
What do I know? I don't know. Same thing I know. Well, what do you know? <laughs> that she keeps it moving, babe. She gets around. She gets around. Scott, what are you saying? Have you been with her? No, not my style. The girl's like a Petri dish. What do you know? I know that Cliff Canner and Rick Solomon double-teamed her at a party a couple weeks ago, which is not excellent for you. Jesus. Oh, hey, listen. You know what? If you like her, you can change her. You know what I mean? Nice boy like you, you can reform a girl like that. You gotta get Dr. Tamis on the phone. Hey, Tell him I gotta just speak called. to him. He's right. on his way to the hospital with what? drama. Why? He thinks drama had a heart attack. Oh my god. They're on their way to Cedars. All right, well, text me where I'm going. I don't know if there's any drama. Drama has a tough episode. Drama, like, he basically just has a complete meltdown in front of um, Phil Yagoda and then the director, a.k.a. Dodd Allen, who is the showrunner and director of this show. I wouldn't say that it's, like, a necessarily, like, brave moment for drama. So I don't know if there's a favorite Johnny drama moment in this episode for me. I wouldn't say a favorite moment, but he's trying to be so tough in the beginning to drama. I'm sorry, to... Um, Turtle. Turtle. Yeah. And then he, but he's like going through his own stuff. Yeah. So I think that's kind of the moment is like drama is always trying to be like the cheerleader, yeah. like pumping everybody up. And it's like, he can't do it all the time. And he's got all this emotional stress and he's masking his insecurities. Yeah, totally, totally. Yeah. So I don't know if it's a moment, but it's definitely, or a favorite moment, but it's definitely a moment for, yeah. for drama. That's fair. And then he has like a real moment of peace at the end where Lloyd calls him and is like, you can have another audition at Melrose place. And he's just kind of like, Look, tell him I said thanks, but no thanks. I thought I was going to die today, and, and for what? Melrose Place, the next generation? I had a real wake-up call today, Lloyd. Like, thank you. We see him do that next week in the finale of season six. He's that way for the entirety of the episode to the very end. And then they do call him back in, and he does a good job in the audition. Spoiler alert. But it's nice to see him come to some sort of realization that maybe I shouldn't live and die with this career arc that I've had for almost two decades. It's killing me in the in some ways. And, and also, I think... Here, here's let me go back to what would be different in this week's episode of Entourage. Like, drama would probably have an actual heart attack if it aired in 2022, and then it would, and then it would be about drama bettering his life and like becoming more. Go ahead, you're, I disagree. You're, she's I'm, wagging her I'm finger at me, Matumbo like, no, style. I, I disagree. <laughs> I think what it would be would be like uh, a spotlight on mental health. I don't think it would be a heart attack. I think it would be a straight up like severe panic attack and go into changing his life kind of how it is. I just think it would have been elevated more than what it was sure. in this one. He's had multiple panic attacks in the show, and then every time he does, he goes, I need to go to anger management, I need to see a therapist, and then just goes right on and pursues the next job or goes on the next adventure with the boys. So I think in 2022, to sum this whole idea up, like he'd be really struggling with mental health and he would be working on it. He'd have good episodes and bad episodes. And I think it would make the character more interesting and more relatable for a lot of people. We have much to be thankful for today, Johnny Drama. Oh, yeah, what? I spoke to Phil Yagoda. Yeah? And he's going to see you again. Really? You're going to see me again? That's great. How? I'm a miracle worker. You may need a note from your doctor that says this was, in fact, real. Was it real? And two, you may need to pass a physical. But you're still alive, Johnny Drama, both literally and figuratively. Look, tell him I said thanks, but no thanks. What? 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 I thought I was going to die today. For what? Melrose Place, the next generation? Johnny, you got out of your five towns contract for this. Yeah, well, maybe it was meant to be. I'm going to take some time and reassess. Reassess what? My life. I strongly advise against this, Johnny. You take another break from the spotlight. You could very well be gone for good. I had a real wake-up call today, Lloyd. Johnny. I'll be in touch. You sure about this? No. 
But for now, it feels right. Favorite Ari moments. We're almost done. I know you're yawning. It's okay. I'm not. <laughs> Take that out. <laughs> Favorite Ari moment. Probably when he's walking in. Yeah. And just saying, like, it's me, bitches. Yeah. Like, yeah. And I, I love when people are always like, what are you doing here? What's going on? And he's always just like, wouldn't you like to know? Like, he just always has something <laughs> mm-hmm. up his sleeve. That's good. And he's just coming in and dominating the room and just being like, I know everything. You know nothing. Get out of my way. Lloyd literally goes in his office and hides and he yells <laughs> down the hallway. He's like, Lloyd, if you're hiding, go deeper because I will find you. It's just menacing. It's terrifying. It's what it is. But it's good. What's going on? Wouldn't you like to know? Hey, Lloyd, if you're hiding somewhere, go deeper because I will find you soon enough. And that's where, let's let's transition to who won this episode besides Vince. Vince can't win this week's episode of Entourage. He wins every week. But it's kind of a downer episode. Nobody really wins. It's a downer episode, but I would say Ari. Like, okay. he, had, he had some good lines. He's coming in on top. Like, Terrence is coming with his, you know, tail between his legs. Yeah. Like, he needs an out. He's looking for Ari. Like... I, I think it's Ari. He has Terrence in a bind. He now has the opportunity to become the head of the biggest agency in Hollywood. It, it, it's nobody but Ari. Because E thinks he caught an STD. Drama nearly has a heart attack. Turtle gets dumped curbside at LAX. And, you know, Jamie flies off to New Zealand and tells him she needs, they need to see other people. And it's not a good episode for the boys besides Ari. So uh, I yeah. think de facto Ari wins. Listen, A-list... B-list or D-list episode of Entourage, you can do pluses and minuses. I'm going, can I just go straight up D? Yeah, you can go D. You can go double D if you want. uh, (laughs) (laughs) It it was, I mean, I'm I'm a little insulted that this is the one that I'm on, but you know, it is what it is. Listen, I've wanted to have you back on. I was trying to find an episode this season that like, that had some things you could relate to. And I thought like the, the appearance of Faustino, Dean Cain, uh, so you have me at <laughs> clubs in LA, married with children. And long distance. Long, long distance, distance relationship. Yes. I'll give you that one. Yes. We didn't go into that enough. Well, do you want to talk about it now? Like, What, <laughs> it, what, what about our long distance relationship was fun? <laughs> it wasn't easy. We made it easy because we saw each other every three or four weeks, but that was due to your work travel and yeah. me, me getting a second job. That's how much I was invested into this relationship early on was I said, this girl in California, she's different. I don't have enough money to fly to San Francisco every month, or when she comes and visits me in Chicago to take her out for dates and dinners and stuff, I went to J fucking crew and got a Sunday salesman job. And it wasn't football season, fortunately, but every Sunday I would go work at J crew for six to eight hours on commission, sell some suits, make just like 200 bucks. And that was enough. 200 bucks every week. That $800 was enough for the plane ticket, enough for a couple nice dates when you were in Chicago. And look where we are now, folks, true, 10 years later. True love. True love. Yes. Started it with the 3232. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. What's the suit called? The Ludlow suit. Oh. <laughs> Started in the Ludlow section at J. True. <laughs> no, I think uh, not only just like the long distance piece, but also there was a lot of like the social media part of that too totally. within the relationship. Like we said earlier, just getting to know each other on the phone. I mean, we met in Vegas, you know, hooked up a bit, spent all night together, the most of the night together. Mm -hmm. And then it was pretty much see you never. I don't really remember giving you my real phone number. (laughs) I'm so glad I did. But then we were just getting to know each other over the next like six to eight weeks before we saw each other again. So I thought that was 
if there's any advice for long distance folks who are dating, do not friend each other on social media. But it's so different now. <laughs> Just, we're, we're talking 2013 when this happened. I know. And so almost 10 years later, think of how much more social media there is. And think of just with like the idea of like Instagram stories and how people post everything they're doing on Instagram stories. If we had that sort of access to each other, to each other's lives when we were dating long distance, it would have been tough. Yeah. Not that like I was going to be jealous or you were going to be jealous, but like it just would have sucked seeing you out doing fun things without me and vice versa. Now, for the most part, what I was doing was doing open mics in Chicago in the fucking freezing cold and just like biding my time until I saw you next. But it would have taken a toll on the both of us. And that's why I'm glad we didn't friend or follow each other on anything. So it would, it would be much tougher is what I'm saying. In today's I day agree. And age. Yeah, I agree. It would have been. And we say this too, like we hadn't ventured into the app world yet either. And we were, we kind of got to do all the, old school kind of dating you know yeah. we we you didn't have the mess of social media like today last question i asked this of all my newer guests i didn't thought to ask you this question when i had you on who are you in your own real life entourage of all the characters in entourage which are you closest to? do i even need to tell you who i think I, it is i gotta hear it out loud can we say it at the same time <laughs> I'm sure. curious. Three, two, one. Ari. Ari. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, you're definitely Ari. Even though that's not like one of the... Odessia is part of the entourage. Not, not many people have ever said Ari. A lot of people say I'm more of an Eve because I'm a little bit more sensitive or a little bit more... Oh, so if I really drill down to that? No, Al, you're an Ari. Yeah, I was like... <laughs> There's nobody else. You're not like drama. You're not like E. You're not like Turtle. Vince doesn't really count unless you're just like the main character in your friend group, but... You're Ari. You are yeah. very organized. You are very headstrong. You are a you are a wildly independent person who will stop at nothing to get what she wants. And that's why she got the host of the Entourage podcast. <laughs> oh my God, you're so gross. I'm sorry, everybody. Uh, sorry you have to listen to this every week. This has been fun. Thank you for agreeing to do this. Thanks so much for having me. Super fun. <laughs> Wish it was more interesting. Yeah, maybe we'll have... But here's the problem. The next two seasons of Entourage that I'm going to do, probably in the spring, uh, are not great episodes. It's like a lot of porn star, tequila, coke, like... I can talk about tequila. <laughs> you can talk about tequila. So we'll, 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 maybe we'll have you back. Uh, if the listeners want you back, let's, let's, let's see what they have to say. I'm not going to have you guys follow my wife on Instagram or Twitter because that's a little bit weird. But you guys can follow me at JR. We'll do it on all platforms. And, but more importantly, follow the podcast at oh yeah Pod on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. And for everybody listening, we are a week and a half away from Christmas. So uh, enjoy this episode and have a very Merry Christmas from the both of us. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas.